Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. Have you ever had a moment of insane clarity? It happens to me once in a while when I'm in rooms with people speaking or reading a book, even sometimes on TikTok. Many times we are all carrying with us a long time conundrum or dilemma and we never seem to be able to address it or get ourselves to move forward off of some sort of weird narrative until a spark of clarity hits us. Many times I find these long-term micro dilemmas in my relationships, in the workplace and at home. For years, I've had a weird struggle when I get frustrated with someone else who is close to me and I all of a sudden lack the confidence to confront it and many times harbor the issue while building a little resentment. Too often, this happens to me, you, and others because we simply don't have the tools to have the discussion that we need to have in order to establish a norm between ourselves and others. Well, I had a lightning bolt moment of clarity this summer at a retreat with my executive coach and friend Matt after he put some cool opportunities together for us. Before I get into the experience and a process I have for you, I want to remind you of the basic premise of this podcast. First, that is everyone is a leader because they have influence over other people. And our influence comes in every shape and size. How we appear, how we respond, how we act, our emotions, our demeanor, even how we blink. It all influences others and sends a signal or a message. The second is how we lead, and we lead with empathy and reflection, always in a sense of wonderment and looking for a clear pathway to clarity for the people around us. What do they need from me right now? What would it be like to be them? How heavy are their feet in their own shoes? That's empathy. Great leaders are on the lookout and looking at how the world is through the eyes of others. That way, we are better at understanding how to serve alongside of them and are smarter in our ability to support the success of everyone around us. Ultimately, a leader is constantly on the hunt for ways to help people and themselves to be the best version of themselves. All right. This summer, I was at an executive retreat and our awesome coach brought in a nationally known marriage and couples counselor. He began his presentation and shared some very interesting data on the success rates of couples and discussed his practice. He then shared that most conflict comes from a lack of communication between people in a relationship. Now, I think I have a very healthy marriage and the more he spoke, the more I began to doubt my own beliefs and my behavior as a husband and a leader. And not in a negative way, more of a I can get better fashion. My wife wasn't able to be there with me, so when we would do couples exercises, I would write out all of the ideas from the speaker and begin creating processes. However, I did observe the magic of his relationship prompts and ideas. I also watched the prompts spark a a little bit of conflict. The beauty of the conflict between couples was that most of it was seated in the simple fact that the spouses would not have normally spoken to each other so candidly or taken the time to establish the norms he was trying to teach us. However, when I got home, Megan, my wife, and I did have an obligation for the evening and the opportunity to practice one of these prompts. I explained the prompts from the marriage counselor and she had an oh boy look about her. She knows me too well, and she also knows that when I learn new things, I lunge into it. So we were getting into the car to go to a function, and I used my favorite learning from the day with her. 
You see, the speaker had explained that it is important for people in a relationship to regularly, as a matter of fact, very frequently, communicate expectations to and for each other. He clearly demonstrated how foolish we all are if we maintain a belief that the other person knows what we are thinking or knows what we expect. I remember one time in a conversation with my wife saying, I can't hear your thoughts. And I learned the hard way that that was not a helpful prompt. (laughs) He shared with us that every time you and your partner are about to do something, you can establish a simple norm for that event or experience. This goes for your marriages, your relationships, your work, friends, whoever. So here's what he said. He said that one of you needs to ask the other the following. Before we do this, what is something I should or shouldn't do so that this is an enjoyable experience? The sheer simplicity of the question, the invitation for the other person to be honest with you, and the advice and norm being shared can make the remaining time together much better. The process is simple. What is something I should or shouldn't do so that this is enjoyable and then allow the other person some time to process? He also stated that whoever asked the question should be prepared with an answer as well. So Megan and I are sitting in the car and I ask, hey, before we go, what is something I should or shouldn't do so that this event is more enjoyable for you? She looked at me and said, do you have an answer for me? And I said, I can. She then said, okay, I'll go first. Megan had a shouldn't and I had a should. She turns to me and says, you shouldn't keep asking me if I'm okay when we're there. You know I don't enjoy these things and you always ask, am I okay? Am I okay? And it makes it worse. I said, oh, all right. She then said, well, what was your should? I clammed up and she was like, hey, that's not fair. You have to answer. What were you going to say? And I said, You should tell me the truth when I ask if you're okay. (laughs) We both laughed, but it exposed something about us. For our entire marriage, we've been lying to each other in order to protect some dumb narrative. We talked about how it drives us both nuts with me trying to like crazy to force a good time on her and her trying like crazy to make it okay that she is there and doesn't want to be for me. The air that was created was awesome because we could both breathe. We walked in and she said, can you do it one more time? And I was excited to get another nugget out of her. She then asked me, do you have a should or shouldn't for tonight? And she let me go first. And I said, you should allow us to stay longer if I'm having fun. And she looked at me and she said, you should expect to go home when we said we were because we promised we would leave at that time. And again, we just laughed because every time we go to an event like this, I'm always begging her, can we stay longer? Can we stay longer? And it just frustrates the two of us. I always try to extend the uncomfortable events for her and she always resents it. No more. What should or shouldn't we do? In your life and in your relationships, what is your process to race to honesty? I believe that too often one of the issues in professional and personal relationships is the complete lack of process to help one another out. Now, you have the should or shouldn't process from this point forward. You see, an unspoken expectation can never be met, and that leads to a lot of resentment, frustration, and intentional disengagement. We choose our mindset, happiness, and engagement. However, sometimes the choices we make not to address what is bothering us create a lot of reasons for us as individuals to choose to be unhappy or disengaged. And sometimes organizations with a lot of unspoken expectations, well, they create conflict. Which leads me to my next reflection for you. 
What are your unwritten rules? Every family, classroom, school, and business have unwritten rules. Expectations that are too often not spoken about and instead violated by good people or bad people who need to be called out and recalibrated. Unspoken expectations can create a lot of dilemmas, seed long-term resentment, and trap people who didn't know what they had done wrong or push them to violate a rule they never knew existed. Now, when I was a soccer player, I knew there were rules and there were unwritten rules. They have them in every sport and every profession seems to have them as well. Heck, every family, every relationship seems to have them. However, once in a while, the unwritten rules gets violated and then complete chaos occurs. In college, I played soccer and there was this unwritten rule that when a player was hurt on the team with possession of the ball, the team would kick the ball out of bounds to stop play so that the player could be attended to. It was sportsmanship, and if the opposing team had kicked the ball out of bounds, the other team would throw it in to them, and play would reset slowly, and that unwritten rule would go both ways. However, once in a while, the other team may have a player who would get a little cheeky, and he'd keep possession of the ball and tear off down the field. Most players would be stunned momentarily. However, the response to violating that unwritten rule was to try to break the other guy's legs sometimes. And sometimes his own teammates would be offended and try to take him out as well. I'm not kidding. And many times the officials wouldn't even call a foul because the official knew of the violation of the unwritten rule. However, that is not a rule in the game. It's an unwritten rule. Leading me to this question, how many unspoken expectations do you have that are regularly violated in your world, your house, your life? How many times have you mumbled to yourself, how could they not know that they shouldn't do that? Baseball probably has the most unwritten rules of any sport. However, every player has taught them over time and most likely because they saw someone violate it or they violated it themselves. Here are a couple of unwritten rules of baseball. You don't bunt during a no-hitter. Throwing at hitters is the conventional retaliation for breaking a rule or an unwritten rule. Don't swing at the first pitch after the pitcher has allowed back-to-back home runs. I didn't know that one until I looked it up. And don't steal bases or strut after home runs when you're behind by a large margin. I have watched and played a lot of baseball, and baseball probably has the most unwritten rules of any sport. However, I don't know them all, and I can only imagine how many times I may have been in a position to have a ball thrown at my shoulder or my head because I violated something unknowingly. Are you seeing this? Let me give you a couple more examples of our unwritten rules and how they impact your life. Remember, an unspoken expectation can never be met. And in your leadership, how would these questions be answered by everyone? Because you've got unwritten rules for each of these. For instance, what does it mean to be polite? What is an expectation for dress at work, at home? What does it mean when the boss says things like family first? What is the expectation for seeking support with your work? And if you have kids or students, what does it mean when you say, I expect more? I want you to work well with others, or we don't act like that. Those are pre-statements, stem sentences actually, for breaking rules, because none of them clearly identify it. I mean, be polite. What does that even mean? It's got all types of different implications for your microculture and your family, your your ethnic culture, your life culture. It's got all different types of implied expectations. 
Implied expectations are almost worse than unspoken expectations. You are a leader, and none of these types of unwritten rules can be met because no one knows what they mean. In addition to all this, new people to organizations are leading through violations and legacy norms that they're unaware that they're upsetting others about. They don't even know they exist. Every culture has a ton of unwritten rules and expectations. And those are really unfair because they're unspoken expectations that can never be met. Remember the clarity? The clarity that the simple phrase should or shouldn't brought to you brings to us? What should I or shouldn't I do? Well, I used it with a group of my colleagues to help set the tone for our time together. That then led to the unwritten rules idea because a lot of new people in our organization were learning about unwritten rules by violating them. And most of the unwritten rules were frankly things I said and never wrote out or made part of our onboarding. We have a couple of unspoken expectations that you would never know unless they were spoken to you. Things like, you cannot email between 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. There are not supposed to be meetings scheduled for after 12 p.m. on Fridays, and people should meet in person as much as possible. There's a ton of them. I don't even know what they all are. All right. When there is a problem, we should attack that problem with a process. So here is a process idea. You need to bring people together that you serve alongside or live with and explain what unwritten rules are and have everyone prepared to write out the unwritten rules of your team, your family, or your group. Each person is armed with a pad of post-its and we each write out as many as possible, as many unspoken rules as possible without speaking. Again, we don't want some organizational saboteur to make it uncomfortable by shouting out all of the things that they don't like. We want honest contributions fueled with vulnerability. All the post-its get put up on the wall, and then they get categorized. Then, we create an unwritten rules document so that we can do two things. First, well, bring great clarity to the organization and the people within it, because each unwritten rule has a colon behind it and a one-sentence description of what's expected that explains the rules. Once these are all collected and documented, well, the group comes back together and we ask the current culture, looking at the list, what should we continue to do and what should we discontinue? Ah, should or shouldn't. Why? Well, just like my wife and I pretending for 25 years to be okay with each other, maybe some of the unwritten rules of your team are not acceptable. Now, and finally, once you've beaten up the unwritten rules, create a fun one-page document with the brief statements and expectations and make sure every stakeholder sees it, and then use this tool every time a new person enters the culture. When you onboard, this is critical, and I learned that from Shannon on our HR team a few weeks ago when she said, we have a lot of unwritten rules and I don't know about them all, and I'm the one who welcomes all of our new employees. <laughs> we can get a lot of birds with one stone by creating clarity, by publishing the unwritten rules. If you have students, you can't assume they know what you expect, and when they violate an unwritten rule, it stings for them and you. And when a new teacher breaks an unwritten rule in their culture, well, they feel ashamed and frustrated, and that can stick with them forever. And when, as a leader, you break a rule that you didn't know existed, well, you know how that feels. It feels horrible when you learn an unspoken expectation. No more! Speak the expectations. Speak the expectations so that people can meet them. So let's do some smart thinking. List the person you need to try the should or shouldn't process with. Describe your unwritten rules for others. And finally, list the places this needs to be employed in your life. That's it. 
That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening and please make sure to rate and share this episode with others. It helps me help you help others be better leaders and the best versions of themselves. Also, thanks for listening. I sound a little froggy today. Good old Wisconsin fall, cutting the grass, raking leaves, and allergies to boot, as they say here. All right, and of course, thank you for listening to the entire podcast and my good friends, the Well Pennies. Thank you so much for always giving me permission to use your music because it always starts out and ends our podcast on a great note, an optimistic note. All right. For years, my wife and I hosted Sunday dinner, and we would have lots of people over at the dinner table for meals. When the kids were little, they were immediately told that when dinner is done, everyone helps clean up. And as soon as the kids were able to walk, they walked something over to the counter. I cook and Megan cleans and everyone helps. My children saw this for their entire lives, and I used to say to them, you can tell how someone was raised or if they're selfish by what they do when dinner is over. If they act like they're in a restaurant and it's everyone else's job to clean up around them, well, that's disappointing. However, my children, as they grew, learned that every house has different unwritten rules. I remember one time we as a family went over to another family's house for dinner. They had two kids and we had two kids, and we had known each other for a long time. And when dinner was finished... My family, well, we all stood up and began to walk over with our plates, and the mother of the other family politely snapped and said, Sit down. I looked at her with a chagrin, and she wasn't having it. I told her that we'd like to help, and she said, We'd be offended if you cleaned up in our house. As soon as we got in the car, my kids were very intrigued as to my thoughts on being politely scolded, and I remember explaining that every home has its own rules, and you live by them when you're a guest. Years later, When my son Charlie invited his girlfriend to our house for dinner, I learned how unspoken expectations, well, I learned how they get shared. When we finished dinner, his girlfriend shot out of her seat and started to clear the table and was almost racing all around us. She looked very nervous. This behavior repeated itself every time she came over for dinner. And one night, after almost a year of them dating, I told her that I was really impressed by how thoughtful and how helpful she was. And she looked at me and said... Mr. Knightsky, Charlie told me on the first night that I ever came over to this house that if I didn't help after dinner, you'd not think the best of me. Oh, Charlie, that's good onboarding. But you know what? It was right and wrong at the same time. Organizations and families that don't have clearly shared expectations, well, that's a problem. And then if we judge afterwards, well, we're bound for failure. So this week, let's get rid of unspoken expectations that can't be met. Let's tell people up front, hey, I hope you enjoy the dinner because everybody helps clean up when it's over. So now let's identify the unwritten rules and then determine what we should and shouldn't do, which ones we should keep and which ones we should get rid of so that everyone is successful and nobody's running around anxious wondering if they did something wrong. Because you know what that is? That's smart thinking. And that's what Buffalo leaders do. They charge into the storms they're facing.
So